Have you been wanting to start a meditation practice, but you have no idea where to begin? Or do you hear the word mindfulness and you just think it's another fad that's crossing over the internet and it's full of woo-woo and crystal grids and all that jazz? Well, I'm here to tell you what mindfulness and meditation is really about and how you can apply it to your everyday life. My name is April and I specialize in helping entrepreneurs and business owners utilize mindfulness and meditation, both in their everyday practice as well as improving their business. So listen on and let's get down to business where we talk about mindfulness and meditation in a way that's easy for you to understand. There we go. Hello. Hi. Hi. So um, for everyone joining in now, this is my friend Kristen. And we just went through a whole rigmarole trying to just get both of us on this call. So that's because I'm holding technology because I'm touching it. <laughs> Good thing we're both mindful and it didn't get frustrating whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, for those of you listening, this is my friend Kristen and uh, she lives in beautiful Montana and uh, Kristen and I met during our training through mindful schools and for anybody who's been on silent retreat even though you don't really talk to anybody until the very end <laughs> you do end up <laughs> you do end up creating connections and so chris and i have been friends for four oh years God. now five i think it uh, i don't i think it's at least five or six at least okay a while yeah wow. long enough <laughs> and we have we have done multiple silent retreats together and that's kind of the way that we uh see each other across long distance so i invited kristen on today um because there was uh one day where she had mentioned about um she works at a coffee shop and that she enjoys watching the world wake up and i thought that that was a really good uh both literal thing to do and then also metaphorically um a lot of what we talk about in mindfulness is waking up or being woke as the cool kids say and <laughs> so I invited Kristen on just to, just to have a conversation around that piece um because I think it's something that um again uh people who are new to mindfulness it, they may shy away from some of that language that's used so yeah welcome Kristen well, thank, you. thank you for having me I'm stoked <laughs> to talk about this yeah so maybe just introduce yourself a little bit and uh, and then, yeah, you can just segue into watching the world wake up. <laughs> oh, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it is morning. So good morning, everyone. Maybe it's afternoon. Maybe it's evening for you. Um, so, yeah, my name is Kristen and I was first introduced to mindfulness via grief therapy, actually. And I don't know if April will... I'm sure she will at some point get into this, but I was introduced first to what's called the noting practice. So that was very useful in grief therapy. So I was just thinking about this the other day. That was over 12 years ago. So I've been in this game for a while, but I would say that when April and I met is when I decided to become a little, a little more serious about it. Mm-hmm. And I am, not- I'm a notorious sitter, not sitter. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> like you do. And I, as years have gone on, I just feel like the practice has become part of my daily perspective and how I 
how I look at things. And so, I, I mean, it would make sense that I was all, oh, I like watching the world wake up. Um, yeah, I'm a form. Well, I am a current and former educator of 17 years. I've worked with all populations, preschool to college. And I currently care to take my elderly mom. That is my main job, but I have many others. So thanks for having me, April. Yeah, no problem. Um, just a few things that popped up in your intro there. For people who don't know, so the noting practice, and that's something that we'll probably eventually get to on this podcast, is <laughs> when you make when you make note of what you're experiencing with just one or two words that doesn't have extra emotion attached to it. So if you're experiencing some form of pain in your mind, you say painful and you just mm-hmm. um, give a voice to what you're feeling, which also comes from uh, the Mahasi Vipassana tradition, which is what our uh, main teachers, Chris and Megan are trained in. Um, right. And then also you made a note of um, sitting, not sitting. And <laughs> I think maybe even though we're going to talk about the world waking up, but uh, this might be a good just subtopic is that I think, um, and this is one of my pet peeves when you see um, people in media around like, I'm a meditator. And if you don't meditate, like this whole like Mm -hmm. around, if you don't meditate, for at least 20 minutes twice a day which is the that's the transcendental meditation prescription yeah. is 20 minutes twice a day every day and yeah. if you don't do that then you're not doing a good enough job and um, right you're not maybe, a real meditator if you do it. exactly <laughs> and it's just like actually no like you there are many different ways to go inward and there's also many different ways to experience life in a, a mindful way in which you're paying attention so maybe if you want to share a little bit of your experience, what you mean by sitting, not sitting. Yeah. Um, just so yeah. that people get an idea of like, you know, we've been doing this for years and we're experienced meditators now, but we don't sit every day for 40 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with TM, but I'm just saying like, yeah, no, I mean, because most of the celebrities yeah. have the money to TM, which is a right. whole other topic. Potentially though. time too. Yeah. So, yeah no, I, I, purposely said that sit or non-sitter because I think there is this sort of myth that especially now as mindfulness has become in the in the milieu and the zeitgeist right like it there is it is very misunderstood about like you have to sit and it's got to be this way and you have to look this way and um, you know you're just going to have no thoughts and that is not how it is at all and so as I mean what am I in my 12th or 13th year essentially of doing this and I started out noting and when I was noting I wasn't meditating it was just when I noticed I had an emotion I could then name it right so it didn't start with me just sitting and thinking I'm gonna get rid of all my thoughts it started with try this out if and when you notice this thing give it a name right like note it so I think there's just a lot of different ways in and it doesn't that sitting and I've had a lot of people say to me over the years oh I couldn't I couldn't sit I couldn't sit like that. Well, the good news is you don't have to. There's lots of ways in. And I mean, walking can be that. Um, and then the sitter, non-sitter is, I think, between both of us, because we've had intensive, what, five years? I'm going to just go for five years. Yeah, <laughs> doing this. Um, it does become a lens through which you can, if you choose, to view the world. Mm-hmm. And so... 
as I was speaking about the noting when I first started, it would be when I caught myself. Now, as I've experienced this more, for example, when I said watching the world wake up, you know, I wasn't intentionally sitting, but I, I was, <laughs> I was literally sitting and looking out and having this moment of being super present. And that is not sitting, sitting, yeah. if that makes sense. Hope that makes sense to yeah. your to your listeners. And I think a piece of it too, um, and I've I've mentioned bits and pieces of it through my through the podcast, but also just on my social media around even for myself for the last year, where I had medical issues where having a formal practice was not only extremely uncomfortable, but also probably not safe from a psychological point of view. And that's yes. what I love about our teachers, Chris and Megan, um, cause I know that they've given you a similar prescription of like, well then don't, Oh my God. you know? And I think yeah. that that's why I, and I'm always one to say, um, I think meditation and mindfulness can be for everyone at certain times in your life, but depending yes. on, and when I work with clients, that's the first thing I ask of like, are you currently seeing a therapist and, or do you currently have some form of a, of a diagnosis from a psychological or even just general health perspective? Um, to give an example, I had a, a client come to me and she had an active eating disorder. Um, mm -hmm. and, and those things never truly go away. They're, they're shadow versions sure. of ourselves. But anyway, hers was like active. And so we just, even just me talking about what a possible safe practice would be for her, which was focusing on your feet. Um, and for yeah. people that don't know, that's one of the ways that we can work safely within the mind um, if you're activated by something else some form of trauma and and even just me talking about it not even her experiencing the practice mm -hmm. her into a stress response where she had to leave um wow. yeah and so, I, and so meditation and or even mindfulness in that moment was not okay for her and so there can be these these times even for those of us who have an established practice where it's like yeah, yeah right now it's not okay for me. I could be very, I could easily talk about that <laughs> and, and yeah, massage your hair's mind. Yeah. So um, I won't get into a long story, but in the last two years, I've experienced a large amount of change, geographical change, career change. As I said earlier, I, I am the caregiver to my mother. Um, not exactly what I thought I'd be doing right now, <laughs> but here I am. <laughs> and so, and I also ended up very unexpectedly losing my father about a year ago. And through that process, I, I remember there were times that everything was so intense that the reality of intentionally sitting, it was too much. It was absolutely too much. I, and I knew that I would some kind of just like implode if I did that. Mm -hmm. And so I learned to be really gentle with myself and let go of what I thought I needed to be doing and spent more time in a sense, like finding those moments potentially in my day, like, or in my body, right? Like mm -hmm. I might be out, honestly, um, a lot of those times. So I have a dog at a, I'd be taking my dog out for her <laughs> daily piss or poo and just feel my feet on the ground. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was probably like 30 seconds to a minute, but that's what I had the capacity to do. And that didn't mean that I didn't have a practice. It just meant that in that intensity, adding that in probably would have made me implode. And it was much safer for me, my psyche to, you know, find those moments where I could 
feel my feet. You know, it is a pretty common practice, the feeling the feet. But it's a lot about paying attention to your, your, you know, your body and your, your mind and, and really trusting that your body and mind know what you need in that moment. And sometimes it's not sitting. Sometimes it might not even be the practice formally. It's not going to always look how you think it might need to look. I think that's sort of the beauty, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and for me, it was the um, intense pain that I was experiencing excuse me, where um, I was with my pain. I had no choice but to be with my pain 24 hours a day for close to a month. Um, But did I formally go in and touch that pain every once in a while with my mind? No, because that was, again, too much as well. And I think sometimes people see this practice where there's like, um, there's either either you're a monk and you do it all day, every day, and then there's everybody else. (laughs) And it's like, yes, um, you know, and our, our <laughs> teachers have lived that life where that's where you go and you do that for months and years on end. And what people don't realize is that most uh, people who go into that practice and stay there, you have training all day, every day in these practices and you have the support, you know, like you right. have the support network of like a whole of everyone else around you who has a similar level of practice and understanding where maybe you could go and, and be in that mind state because when you come out of it and you're right, feel like you're falling apart, there's all of these, there's a community to pick you up. And that's also why I feel, and I talk about this all the time. I feel it's very important. It's cool to like meditate with an app. Um, We all do it, but like, it's if you really want to go deeper, it's very important that you have at least one teacher as a touch point that you can go to when you start falling apart from this practice, because <laughs> it will yeah. make you fall apart and it'll put you back together. But also like compare <laughs> yourself to these monks that are in this highly supportive community where that is, right. their, that is their whole job is the practice. That is not us in this Western world. And so, right. like the sitting, not sitting for us can look like, you know, I try to move through every day in a way that's very mindful, aware, noticing, but that doesn't mean that I formally sit every single day. It really depends on my day. Like you said, time. Um, And then also, and people are like, oh, well, if it's important, you'll make time for it. Um, Bullshit. (laughs) You know, sometimes I just don't forget. And then, and then there are days where I could find myself sitting all day. Uh, yeah. And so I think that that's important for listeners to know, because this podcast is really geared towards people that have no knowledge of this whatsoever. And then they, yeah. you know, maybe they hear about it from somewhere of like, oh, you should meditate. Well, should you like and yeah. rule? We don't live in the shoulds. So it's like, right. where is the that's the four letter word, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, where is the pull to to sit formally? And that's why I think it's so important to have even just one teacher that becomes your community of support and then if that teacher knows what they're talking about there will be these conversations of like maybe you shouldn't sit right now maybe you well no you know walk or do something else well and I also want to add that from that story of me sitting not not sitting I did consult our teachers and they were like don't do it Mm -hmm. like it's going to be too intense for you what you're going through if you did sit and you felt all that, you would fucking explode, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, 
yeah. you know, I mean, and also just the reality was that like I'd moved geographically to a place. I knew no one, yeah. no one, not a safe time in my life or physical space for me to do that. And I think because of my years of practice before um, I was able to, to know that. And so don't, you know, I, I also really want people to understand that it's uncomfortable. There's going to be times where it's so uncomfortable to just sit for like a minute and that that's totally normal. And it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean you're not doing it. Um, <laughs> you know, in full practice, <laughs> mindfulness, but it means it is what it is in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and, and so to loop back to, you know, what inspired us talking was, you know, this waking up, right. Watching the world wake up. And I've noticed for me personally, um, I've, <laughs> I've been very lucky through very weird circumstances where I don't necessarily each morning have to be up at a certain time. However, I have tried to impose a schedule on myself so that I am getting up at roughly the same time every morning. And so I recently took on some more shifts at the coffee shop and I'm not naturally a morning person. Although in my career of teaching, like I became one because just to do the job well, you need to get there at least an hour before the kids do. So, so it's been this gift of not having to do that yet. I, I want to I sort of really find this. There's a deep peacefulness between the night and the morning starting. And when I did that post the other day, I was in that sort of this in-between moment of like, people are up, but not everybody's up. And here I am like getting this shop ready. And there's just this coziness. And there's something about that time of day that I'm learning is very sacred. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was my quote unquote sit, right? Like just going, like acknowledging, like, this is a beautiful sacred time of day. And I am so lucky to be in this moment of this beautiful sacred time of day and to acknowledge not only like the physical beauty, because I live around a lot of physical beauty, but just sort of the beauty of being alive and awake in that moment is really where that came from. And, and um, I've also found that in my practice, what it sort of just naturally leads to is a lot of gratitude. So I don't know if we want to go there, but that, yeah, I mean, but to me that saying like, I love watching the world wake up. There is a lot of gratitude in that because it is quiet. I think in winter there's quiet um, just in, in the landscape. And um, it's almost just a natural invitation from, oh my God, let me get super hippie. It's a natural invitation from the earth or, you know, celestial time to, to pause and go, Oh, wow. This is, this is a beautiful time. Like that's what I was of the day. And that's what I was going to mention is that it's more around the pause where um, especially that, that um, time in the morning where it's almost as though the world is standing still. I, I overlook my apartment, overlooks the, um, our river Valley here in Edmonton and I can see one of the busiest roads and um, I can, if I choose to sit here and I always sit and look out and it's, you can actively see like just the traffic slowly pick up and it's like, oh, the world yes. is looking up. and not only that, like 
the sun is coming up the birds yes. the birds are awake and they're flying around it's, like, it's taking that pause to recognize um another piece of mindfulness that we talk about all the time is the opportunity to start over and so yes the beginning of a day is like a very obvious to our whole system of like okay start new <laughs> it's a new day but right like, you know we we go all the way down to like every moment every breath is an opportunity to start over and the world wake up is just another reminder of that of like every single person that I see out here every bird every you know like this is all an opportunity to start anew and start fresh and begin again and that is really you know the the practice in a little package of just like hey it's time to wake up and and what do we do when we wake up we open our eyes we start to take in sensation we start to process that in sensation we start to have thoughts we you know so that is really the practice it we drink a lot of coffee i got my chat over there I know. But, you know like it's and i think it's it's um also it, it does like, naturally yeah the metaphor of you like know. watching yourself yep. wake up right? Like I'm watching exactly. the inner world in myself wake up at the same time where um, prior to this practice, I, you know, if I were to look back now and it's no regrets, but at the same time, I was just literally like, you know, swimming through life with no touch points whatsoever, you know, like, oh, oh this same. influence over here. I'll like follow panic. that. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, I'm, I am choosing to pay attention. This is an absolute yeah. choice. And yet sometimes it sucks where you're, you're choosing to pay attention. You're like, Oh shit. Like why did, <laughs> why, like, why do I want to pay attention? Yeah, exactly. yeah. I don't want to pay attention right now. My inner toddler comes out a lot, but, yes. but it's, it's a very, you know, on an external piece where we're actively watching the world wake up metaphorically and yeah. literally, but then also it is this inward turning of even like you said where you're at the coffee shop and you open the coffee shop and you're watching the world wake up but that's even an opportunity even like sitting there sipping your coffee and actually tasting it and that (laughs) that is actually that is exactly what I was doing yeah and I'm just really appreciating that moment for what it was Mm -hmm. because let's be real like (laughs) I've been 17 years an educator and here I am working in this coffee shop like I and you know, I mean, we've been through this where it's like, I could have all these ego things of like, oh my God, I'm a failure. Oh my God. Like you're working at a coffee shop, but you almost have two masters to great, right? Yeah. There's all this like noise, but in that moment of sipping my coffee and looking out and watching the snow, it, it, the noise doesn't matter, right? It was just like, it's like, God, this coffee tastes good. Wow. I feel really good in my body. Yeah this is a beautiful moment. <laughs> like, Just let it be a beautiful moment. And I mean, also if anybody knows me, they know I'm not a morning person. So I'm sure they're like, wow, that's a change. But I would attribute that to the practice because um, I think there's also this perception of like, there's got to be this like huge, like moment of awakening. Oh, yeah. Nope. No, it's going to be when you're sipping your coffee and you notice how wonderful it tastes and you notice that oh my God, like I'm appreciating this moment right now. And I am usually not a morning person. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and like life-changing moments do happen in the practice. 
I, oh, sure. I'm even trying to think back of the last time. I think the last time I really had to quote Oprah an aha moment in my practice <laughs> um, outside of, well, I had a couple moments just this past week. Um, but after that, it was like a year ago. Cause after, cause yeah. otherwise this is just the way we choose to live and it becomes, um, we were talking about that in class the other day, the mundane, this is, this is just how it is yeah. now. I'm just choosing to pay attention to what, to life, right. You know, passing me by and I'm moving through it. And I think that there is this misconception of like a, that there's some form of inner voice and there have been some great studies actually that have just come out around people who can and can't narrate in their mind yeah. or visualization I can't visualize like if uh, oh really yeah, like I I can go through the process in my mind but I don't see it I don't have I don't have that movie screen um right and so there's there's even just that piece from a very like tangible neuroscientific perspective of what practice mm-hmm. like oh okay I'm gonna sit and someone's gonna guide me through a visualization it's gonna look different to every single person yeah. So it's yeah. I'm, I I just learned that neuroscience, and I was like, wow. Yeah, I had no idea. Studies come out. I was just like, what everybody. Like, I have a very strong voice. Like, I narrate everything. It's like a it's like a you know a narrated movie in my my head, except the screen is black. Right. Sometimes I like that narration to go away. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, we're good. Yeah, good thanks. Yeah, we're good. We don't need that constant chatter. Right? <laughs> but I think that I think that I mean, if anything, like. That information is important, especially if we're working with people and we're working around mindfulness. Uh, that's so important to know because um, they think they're doing it maybe, right. you know, right? Or like maybe another practice actually doesn't work, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. um, and I think just coming back to the mundane, I think, you know, ultimately that moment where I said, like, it's so wonderful watching the world wake up, that is a totally mundane. Yeah. That's so mundane yeah. and if anything the practice has given me this gift of you know I was talking about gratitude a gift of the mundane and like not taking it for granted and going oh in this moment right now maybe it's 30 seconds maybe it's even 10 seconds there's space mm-hmm. right like hmm okay all right Just and pause. next yeah and then okay now <laughs> right. I gotta finish Life- getting things ready or whatever right well I- right and I mean I'm you know, and I remember when I used to get ready to go into teach, it was, just, it, it was like fucking sheer panic. Yeah. I like look back and it was just like, get there, go, you know, and it's like, no, I don't want to do that. And this is intention. You know, it's like, okay, I may be more tired because I made myself get up earlier, but then I'm allowing myself to be in the moment. I'm allowing myself to sip and sip that coffee. Mm-hmm. And that's a gift that I can give myself of pause. And, and, you know, it, there's something very powerful in that, in that willingness to recognize that it's a choice. Yeah, and I think that um, being that I work mostly with, with entrepreneurs that um, how this practice can best serve them is that piece of, um, slowing down to speed up our friend Renee yes. kind of coined that where um, you know uh, one of my main clients he runs four different businesses and he and we've built out his schedule where he has like three to four hours in the morning 
where he gets yep. to do his best, most creative work. And a lot of that is just him like sitting and kind of waiting for things to arise. And, and yes. he still has a to-do list and he gets it all done. And, oh, and there's sure. a lot of doing in his day. But, you know, he and I have been working together for two years to get him to the point where it's just like, oh, I can just, mm-hmm. you know, like open up my computer, take a deep breath you know, what is most important right now? What needs, what needs to be done right now? And the, that's where this, I mean, this practice obviously can encompass anybody's world, regardless of, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. And I think we've done a good job of explaining that, but it's, it's the, I think one of the most important pieces is coming back to that, um, allowing yourself to observe the world waking up both externally and internally where if we yes if we don't do that i think that that's where a lot of um entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders um start to fall apart from the stress a little bit because they're so it's like the forest for the trees well they don't see either well just go 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 because just like always a hundred miles an hour versus like what if you said no what if you just step back what if you turned your phone off (laughs) right or just for 30 seconds you checked in with yourself and went wait wait a minute i need to eat right <laughs> like, it's all exactly was and I, I, <laughs> I think yeah i think that is very applicable to so many people um because we are a very productivity centered yeah. society right go 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 get it done get it done you know obliterate yeah. and um i think this is very applicable to entrepreneurs or those who maybe even work for entrepreneurs that in a way you get to learn your best way of working, Um, you know, and and like through this and now I have this space and time to do this. I've learned that I am a morning person. That is when I do my best work, there's like a three to five hour window. I can do like, boom, you know, get so much done. And and the world doesn't necessarily work like that, that, you know, the typical eight, you know, nine to five job or whatever, but that is such important information for you just personally, even if you were in your workplace, like, okay, yeah, you are supposed to be there eight hours, but if you have freedom to structure your time, you know, best when you're going to be your most productive and, you know, you could you know, just create more freedom around how you work mm-hmm. and so that you can best serve yourself or and or your business or the people that you're working for I think it's just important info yeah yeah and I and a lot of that takes practice that's why we call all of this a practice is that it's not going to happen overnight it's not going to happen because you watch some webinar and some guy gave you the five best tips to like you know it's not because you bought those amazing yoga pants I'm just saying yeah it's like it's an evolution (laughs) it is it is you observing yourself and trying to and figuring out exactly what you said how do I do my best work what works for me and I think I always bring this back to kind of like hunter-gatherer days like our brains have not really evolved that far from that where if you were if you were really good at picking berries, then that was your job and you picked berries. But how, however you pick berries obviously would have right. influence from the berry pickers of the past. But at the same time, you would figure out what worked best for you. Same if you were the best at like hunting. So you would have your, your skills and you would hone those things specific. And 
our brains are still wired for that and yet our the world around us has gotten so far away from that and we need to bring it back and that's often what I work through with my clients from this place of mindfulness is just like well what are you good at and and in what conditions in what conditions do you currently um, find yourself doing your best work and sometimes unfortunately people don't even know that so we really have to peel back the layers of like okay let's set you up for some success in one way or another like almost like an elimination diet okay let's move you physically to this place do we need to change change your schedule because you have the flexibility to do that but we've we've gotten so far away from that and then we also I think a lot of entrepreneurs are in that business not necessarily because they want to work for themselves what I find more so now is that because they really want to be of service to others in a way that has meaning and purpose to them which is everybody they just happen to do it on their own versus working for someone right. and and because they want to be of service to everybody not just their their clients or their customers but their employees as well that they give and they give and they give of themselves and they end up with this empty cup because also <laughs> they're usually giving from a place where they're like I don't know how to do my best work <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and if I don't schedule in um, that that opportunity and that time to like pause and be reflective and be creative then all of a sudden, you know, businesses are failing. Um, people yep. are having mental health challenges and physical health challenges because they just oh, know yeah. themselves well Hand enough to be like, oh, this is actually how I want to do my work. Right. Well, and I think that there's something really valuable. It's like I think about uh, me personally, and I, this is a small example, but now that I know that about myself, that I actually prefer the mornings, I could go to my employer and go, Hey, I would prefer this. You know, mm-hmm. I would prefer these shifts. I'm still super flexible. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you have to, you know, if you're working for somebody else's, you know, you do need to be careful. You probably want to keep your job, yeah. but it's information and it's really valuable. And so I think there's nobody out there that doesn't want to do their best and show and put their you know, best foot forward when they're at work, especially. Um, and so what's wonderful about the practice is it's information. Yeah around, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, like I, I can now go to my boss and go, actually, I'd really like those opening shifts. Mm-hmm. And so what did I get? I got the opening shifts. <laughs> yeah. And mindfulness if, is and like it, our ability to download software that allows us to process that information differently. It's like, oh, in, oh, in this state, I need like this piece of software. Okay, well, I'm going to download that. And that's the practice. And, and, and there's such a freedom that comes from that. There's, there is, you know, like a lot of what we talk about within this practice is the freedom that it gives you. It gives you the freedom to say no to what you don't want. It gives you the freedom to go in and advocate for yourself. And, and as an entrepreneur, it gives you the freedom of like, what is it you're actually meant to be doing? Just because that this business is booming somewhere in society, that doesn't mean that that's the right business for you. And that might be why it's failing. And so it's that, it's that, the, it's just the reflection piece. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, is this what I really want? Most... Oh, you cut out. Yeah. Say again. Um, just that, is this what my life, is, is this what I really right. want to spend my life doing? Right. I think in some ways it takes away some of that existential dread. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't get me wrong. It's still there, yo. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a tool, right? To go, Go down a little bit, right? Which is can be scary because we're we're not we're not in a society that says slow down because slow down is like a 
it's like you know that's up there with should that's like a four-letter word like oh god why would you do that well if you're moving slow then you're losing it's just like actually you know we're in it for the you know my client the other day we were talking about a project like long game i mean that's for the long game and yes sometimes you have to move oh yes quickly and and sometimes yeah and sometimes that quickness comes in the form of like decision making which again mindfulness helps you with that because you know what decision is right for you and even if if the end result is not what you desired that's usually because the decision you made was from a place of ego and not what was actually meant to be true right and then you can reflect on that and be like oh that's why I made that decision well and I was just gonna put a put a plug in to folks like also know that the practices there's no it's not a panacea like it doesn't mean you're not gonna make fucking mistakes you're gonna fuck up like left and right (laughs) that's just life and that's learning but it helps you frame it in this uh, oh I hate no I don't want to use that word it helps you frame it in a way of reflection and it's information it's not judgment it's not I'm a failure or oh I really made that mistake now I mean blah 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 no well, so- you build the resilience to bounce back from those mistakes yeah. like you that mistake yeah. exactly what you said that mistake becomes information it doesn't mean that you don't you know like beat yourself up about it for a little bit but you don't do it for hours and days and then also you're like okay that was now, that wasn't the right decision in this moment and so now what am I going to do about it? But it's, it's the opportunity to pause and sit with the decision and the ramifications in order to then be able to forward and just be like, oh, yeah, okay. Yep. And I found that, correct. I think the prime example that you and I have seen, at least for me, I mean, you know me very well, but this is for your listeners. I, I have learned that with caring for my mother. Yeah. Talk about one of the most like intimate things you can do care for you become the parent to your parent yeah. that is rife with emotion and there mm-hmm. are still days where i just break down and cry but with this sort of filter of mindfulness right you know sort of in my back pocket i've been able to go oh that's just information and then i can mm, okay that's what that information is from my mom that's not yeah. personal it's information yeah. um but of course, and I also allow myself times where I do cry and I feel those emotions. It's not just a magic panacea of like, I don't feel any emotions anymore. It's, you know, I no longer have an ego. Oh no, I'm human. But it's a very useful tool when you can engage it. And sometimes you're not going to be able to. It might be days when you're just like stuck in a, a loop. But yeah. nonetheless, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, and, and making decisions from an emotional place is a human condition but it's also something that we can we can definitely start to step away from where it's just like oh that was a snap judgment that was a snap decision based purely solely on these emotional like these hormones that have just been released you know where I'm you know I always talk talk about like we're chasing a feeling you know like oh I want this different job why well because I'll make more money well why well because I'll feel this way when I get there and then no one <laughs> maybe you won't <laughs> in the history exactly, no one in the history has been able to tell me like oh yeah that's exactly how I thought I was gonna feel and that's exactly how it happened <laughs> right. you know? and so especially in magic <laughs> yeah in in this in this world of entrepreneurship where that's often the case is like well when I ask people like well why did you make that decision and they often can't tell me the answer because they're chasing right. this fictitious feeling that they think is going to happen and right. mindfulness just helps us reel that in a little bit to be like, 
is this true? Yeah. Is, is this how I want to be feeling in this moment? Okay, right. something feels a little off. So let, let's dig into like why this doesn't feel quite right. Well, it's just going, what is the feeling? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What right now? What it's like this. What am right. I feeling right now? Exactly. Exactly. Well, awesome. Well, oh my thank God. you so much for, great. <laughs> for sharing for sharing your knowledge and expertise. I'm sure this won't be the last time I will have you on. Just <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, Chris and I talk every day and most often we talk about the mundane <laughs> and then the practice. Well, don't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is this is how we this is how we uh how we converse. So is there any kind of last messages that you would like to leave the listeners with? Ooh, famous last words. Um, I guess in a sense, don't be afraid to fall on your face over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's beauty in that and you're going to learn something and yeah, you might get hurt, but the good news is, we have a huge capacity to heal. And I think the practice is a great safe place to do that. It gives you permission. So don't be afraid to give yourself permission. Yeah. Permission to fail and yeah. and know that you will fail, especially in this world of business, like expect it almost. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. I take this risk and it may end up exactly what you said I'm gonna I may fall on my face but but in having this mindfulness practice I'm going to be aware of the whole journey of it yep and I might be able to catch myself or recover a little bit more gracefully absolutely well, thank yep. you again so much for sharing so your time and wisdom and oh thanks April and, uh, yeah I hope people uh came away with a few uh little nuggets that they can take with them yeah i'd love to i'd love to know people's feedback and thoughts and you know what's going on out there in the world (laughs) yeah so uh people can um just i'll i'll post this everywhere and feel free to to make comments as you wish and definitely share those with Kristen. and like i said it won't be the last time we'll hear from you so thank you again so much for joining us and uh, and may you be happy Oh, be healthy and you'll be at ease. Oh, thanks. Love ya. <laughs> <laughs> Love ya. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.